Friends, this morning we have the privilege, as I mentioned at the welcome, of having Dr. Marty Folsom as our guest preacher today. And Pastor Jimmy is having a well-deserved rest with his family, and so we are glad to welcome Dr. Folsom here. Some of you might remember him from when he worked here at John Knox back in the mid to late 90s, I think from 1995 to 1998, serving with adult ministries. But Dr. Folsom is currently the executive director of the Pacific Association for Theological Studies, an adjunct professor at Shiloh University in relational theology, and a pastoral counselor and author. So friends, we pray this morning as we hear God's word proclaimed, as we have Dr. Folsom with us this morning, that we might grow in our love and understanding of Jesus Christ. Hello, John Knox. I am Marty Folsom, and you're part of my story from back in the late 1990s when I was the minister for adults at John Knox Presbyterian Church. And over the years, Jimmy was one of my very best students I've ever had, and I have used him to teach classes when I go on vacation. So he is very dear to me, and you are very lucky to have him. So today we're talking about generous hospitality. What a huge subject that is. And how easy it is to focus on us and what we do and putting out the spread and inviting people to come and do things. It really is about us and our performance. And you know, right now in the middle of COVID, it's almost impossible and maybe not even responsible, we think, to talk about hospitality. We're supposed to be wearing masks and keeping social distance and washing the thread of other people. So we've developed kind of a, a keep away culture. And so if we think about hospitality as meals and sharing certain food and meetings or even taking it to a neighbor's, it's going to be something about hospitality as a memory of our past, maybe, and great times we've had with other people, or about dreaming about getting out of COVID and the future that becomes possible again as we get healthy enough to be together in our homes and sharing food and good times together. But right now, it doesn't seem like the time for generosity in social interaction, if that's what hospitality means. I'm wearing this, my doctoral robe, which I got in New Zealand. I did my doctorate in New Zealand, and I went to New Zealand because they speak English, but they think hospitality. And that may sound kind of interesting to you, but for me, it was a whole different culture that took time for being really aware of other people and what it meant to know your neighbor and to care for them in particular kinds of ways. But today I really want to ask the question, what happens if we think out of God's life of hospitality as the source from which we think about the meaning of what hospitality actually is? So a basic definition that I want to really put out there for what I'm going to mean by hospitality today is that hospitality is making room for the other to care for them. And it's mutual. It's not one way. It's each being those who make space for the other to care for them. If we just stop and think for a minute about Jesus with a woman at his feet, washing his feet, she is being a host. She's washing his feet. And he, in a sense, is the guest who's been on the long journey. But if you just stop a minute, 
he is making space for her. He's caring for a woman, and everybody's a bit wondering whether should be he, she should be there. And so he is making space for this other to care for her. He's the host, and she is the guest who he is making room for. And I want to suggest that whenever real hospitality is happening, it's always going to have this dimension of mutuality in making space for the other to care for them. So if we think about God's very being as Trinity, God is Father, Son, Spirit. And they say the Father is in the Son, I am in the Son, and the Son is in me. There's a mutuality there, and the Spirit is in the Father and the Son. The very nature of the three persons of the Trinity is that each of them makes space for the other to care for them and to love them. The Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Father. The Spirit, of course, loves the Father and the Son. God's very being is hospitable because they make room for one another. There's a word for that, perichoresis, and it means to mutually indwell the other. And each has to make room for the other to be in the other. This is the life of love. And so when they turn and create the world, they are making space for the other. They are freely and lovingly making space for others and then to care for them so that there is a sense of belonging, not just a space to live within, but to live within God's space, God giving us a caring presence to care for us. Now, the word hospitality shows up in a variety of different ways in our English language. So the word hospitality, obviously, we have the hospitality industries, and that can include places that we eat or places that we sleep. Hospitals is a place where we make room to care for those who are sick, Mentally, physically, whatever it is, they're hospitals, room for the other to care for them. A hotel is a place with spaces to sleep so that we can care for somebody while they're on a journey. A hostel is for the people who don't have as much money to have a place to care for them, but that's part of hospitality. And hospice is making space for somebody in the final chapters of their life, making space to care for them. Now, I think meals are magnificent, and I still want hospitality to include meals. And I think guests are great. I love it when people show up. I just think that if we're really going to get in touch with the love of God that creates generous hospitality, it's got to be way bigger, way more generous. But in a word, it's called grace. God's grace is God making space to care for us. And it's not just the space, it's that he is the space, and he makes the space to care for us. So if we turn to the Bible to see hospitality at work, and we ask just the question, you know, what's there in the Bible? Well, the Bible has something called an Old and a New Testament. The word testament can just sound like something we say about the past or history or a statement about something. But I'd like to suggest to you that testament, the Old and New Testament, is an Old and New Covenant and a covenant is a way of making space for the other. When you get married, you make space for another person to covenant with them so that you make space for them and they make space for you. There is a covenant hospitality. So God's old covenant is God's old making space, particularly through Israel, for all of the nations to be blessed through God's work. The New Testament in Jesus there is God acting, making space for us to be with God as host, to create the space, and then he wants us to be host to him. If anyone 
dwells in me, and then Christ in you, the hope of glory. All of that is about God making space for us, and then us making space, not as a little room with a door on it, personal space, connective space, caring space for the other. So as we go on, we have to read with the eyes of hospitality to see how is God making space for the other to care for them. Begin right at the beginning, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, there it is, God making space for the other to care for them and everything. And that includes us. God creates the very space in which we live. And then he creates the garden, a place that is full of abundance for Adam and Eve to live, to have animals, to name them, to care for them. It is a life of hospitality. And then we get people like Abraham. And Abraham, I'm going to covenant with you so that through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Well, that is big time Abraham being called to a life of hospitality. One of the events of hospitality that Abraham is particularly famous for is when the three angels come and visit. In fact, one of the most famous icons, icons of the Trinity, it looks something like this, the Rublev icon, is an icon that has three angels that are envisioning the persons of the Trinity. And it's called the Hospitality of Abraham. Now, this has been an icon that has been opening people's vision of sharing this meal around a table, God present with Abraham, blessing what is going to be done, but that the orientation of Abraham is also one of hospitality. Now, many icons in much art of this time has a vanishing point in the back, so all the lines go to have your focus be in the distance. This one has the lines coming in at an angle like this so that it comes right off the page. And what does it do? It invites you to participate, to be right in the icon itself, to sit at this table, to enter into the hospitality of God that has been offered to us. This is such an important piece that it shows up on the covers of books like Faith in Honesty, An Essential Nature of Theology. There they are. It's on Life in the Trinity, an introduction to, the, uh, to theology with the help of the church fathers. And there is the Rublev icon, the divine dance, the Trinity and your transformation. There's the Rublev icon. And last but not least, there's lots of books. I just chose a few. The Hospitality of God, Emerging Worship for a Missional Church. And there's the Rublev Trinity right there. So the Hospitality of God is central to the very life of God, spills out through people like Abraham and God coming and being there so that all the earth will be blessed through Abraham. When Moses gets the Ten Commandments, or sometimes called the Ten Words, the Decalogue, Ten Words, we tend to think that the first word is you shall have no other gods. The Jews have a different starting point. One verse before it, God says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you out of the house of slavery out of the house of bondage in Egypt. Now, the way the Jews see this, this is God hospitably bringing out the captive people to be people to come worship, to be with him in the promised land. So God's act of hospitality is the first word. Everything that follows after it is the response of hospitality. 
If I'm your God, I make space for you. Don't have other gods. Don't make idols. Take time with me. These are all acts of responsive hospitality. Wow. This is God really creating a whole dynamic life that's at the center of what it means to live in relationship with God. And so when Jesus comes along in the New Testament, he's just doing what, what he's supposed to do. But how do the people looking on see that? They call him a gluttonous man. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking. You say, behold, a gluttonous man, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That was the characterization by the people who were looking at Jesus being God in the human flesh. And so I want to say Jesus is hospitality in action. You want to know what hospitality looks like? It's being out there in such a way with the marginalized, the uncared for, the rejected, in such a way that you're creating space for all of these people to know what it means to be cared for. Now, as the life of the church went on, there are lots of examples we could go to, but I once heard somebody talk about all of the concerns for end times. And with this COVID stuff and the wars that are going on, it's easy to say, wow, is this the end? Are we getting close to the end? And John Fisher was a musician, and I heard him once say, you know what? In the face of all that, go to 1 Peter 4, verses 7 through 9, and here's what it said. The end of all things is near, and that's what it feels like to us. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. In other words, do what you should be doing all the time of being hospitable to God, making space in prayer for God, to care for God so that God can be hospitable and care for you. Above all things, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Again, it's just the basic of what it means to be a Christian. Keep fervent in your love for one another. And then it says, be hospitable to one another without complaint. As though that's what people end up doing when you start getting worried and living in fear. You complain that things aren't going your way because you're thinking about yourself and not living the life of hospitality. So the end of all things is near. Be the person who loves the neighbor who is hospitable. It's an orientation that lives within the generosity of God. And this stretches out all the way through the Old and the New Testament. Going back to the Exodus and the Passover meal, a lamb that it becomes the symbol and celebration even of the Last Supper with Jesus, a hospitable act that we celebrate every time we take the Lord's Supper. We remember the hospitality of God represented that meal. And in the very taking of the communion meal, Jesus is offering us himself in a hospitable way to be clean, whole, connected, belonging to him. And as we share this one loaf, we also say we belong to each other because we make space for each other symbolized in the sharing of this loaf of bread. As we look then at the neighborhood, the place where we live, we live in an environment where there's all kinds of opportunity to live the generous hospitality of God, to make room for others to care for them. I have a few neighbors. I got old Bob over there, and I've been helping him prune trees. My neighbor, Ari, he's Greek Orthodox, and he lives in the next house over, and I worked with him in the yard last week. We did some trees also. I have this thing for trees. In every case, 
I'm simply seeing them as a neighbor and I'm making room, time, attention to care for them, to be with them. What is it that you have to give? What is the hospitable piece that you have? It may be very small. It can be as small as a smile. A smile creates a kind of space to care for the other. Or it can be bringing a particular skill or gift or conversation or interest. This becomes everyday hospitality. God's generous hospitality is an everyday kind of hospitality. It's a lifestyle hospitality. And Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. Can you hear the hospitality there? Abide in me. I'm making space for you to care for you. You abide in me. There is a mutuality that we each provide of honoring, of seeing, of hearing and listening with Jesus that means that is our core primary generous hospitality for our everyday existence. And then when we gather for worship, worship is hospitality too. It's coming together to create space where God has created space for us. And then we create space in our time, our, our work week, our sometimes in our physical space. Sometimes it's Zoom or Facebook video chat or whatever it might be. But whatever it is, worship is living in his hospitable presence and making room for him in our space so that we build the relationship that is at the core of what hospitable presence looks like. So when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about the one true hospitable person, Jesus Christ, who reveals the hospitable God as the one who shows us what hospitality looks like. And it's true that when he's out there walking the roads, teaching, sitting in people's homes, reclining at table, all of that is hospitality. But think about the world that he lived in and how inhospitable it was. The kingdom of darkness where people didn't make room for one another. People were blind to who he was. They couldn't hear him or see him. Their hospitality had turned into hostility. Hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. That's the opposite of what hospitality is about. That's the life of exclusion, judging, prejudice, where people protect themselves and lose the heart of hospitality. You end up with a culture of narcissism, everybody loving themselves at the expense of the other instead of making space for the other to care for them. But God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, Paul says in 2 Corinthians. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That is hospitality in action. The host bringing home those who were at a distance, meeting the people along the way and getting them to help and hope like the good Samaritan did with a person he found on the road. He made space for the one he found in need and got him the help and the hope that he needed. The prodigal son who went far away, totally throwing away all of the value his father's love. But when the father saw him coming, the father's hospitality was huge. And Jesus gives this as a picture of the nature of his Abba, his father, the very life of hospitable heart, lived there embracing his prodigal son, making space to care for him. This Jesus crosses barriers, breaking down walls, making room for Jew and Gentile, slave and free man, male and female, in every case, it is the generous hospitality that makes room for the other. And you know what? When Jesus left this earth, he ascended and said, I will 
be back. And I will be in heaven. And the vision of him bodily going is to say, I will still be your high priest, not just holding some position in a church. I will be the one who is always present with you. Lo, I will be with you to the end of the age. I will take up the role of mediator, mediating my father's hospitality. I will be with you and I'll send my spirit to bring my presence, to create space so that you know that I am with you to the end of the age. And so we celebrate the Eucharist, the remembering in the breaking of the bread that his hospitality is present and active. And we live with a missional hospitality. We do the things, even for the least of these, when you visit people in prison, you are being hospitable to somebody who Jesus says, you're doing it for me. You are extending hospitality to the marginalized and you're being hospitable to me. Jesus is the guest in the form of those people who are broken. And they may be in prisons or hospitals. Um, they may be your neighbor who just needs somebody to knock on the door. So today's text, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 3 let us let mutual love continue. There it is. Don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison, just like Jesus was talking about visiting him, as though you were in prison with them, and those who are being tortured as though you yourself were being tortured. In all of it, opening this heart space for the other to care for them whether in actual visits or in prayer or whatever can be done to be attentively aware and caring. Hospitality is a lifestyle of both giving and taking. This is the economy of grace, the giving and receiving, and it can be as simple as just using questions to make space for the other to care for them. Asking somebody, what's your name? Which I do with the waiters, the servers in a restaurant, I never just let them serve me or give me the menu. I always say, what's your name? I'm just creating space to say you're a person and I want to care about you as a person. We may get the chance to say, what's your story? What are you doing here? In doing that, we're opening space to hear their story, to care for them. Maybe our evangelism, instead of trying to tell people that they need to come to Jesus, maybe if we just cared for them, made space for them, They'd experience the hospitality of Jesus who knows, loves, and cares for them in a way that knows them. Maybe it is the neighbor who lives next door. And just finding out how we can help them. Meeting a need. And it may be in the yard. It may be in the house. It may be picking up their mail while they're gone on a holiday. Who knows what it is, but it's your gift to find. Kenneth Gergen in his book, Relational Being, had what I found just to be a fascinating quote. He said, during a brief visit to Milwaukee, Milton Erickson, a famous therapist, was asked by a worried nephew to pay a visit to his aunt, who was depressed and suicidal. He visited her Victorian mansion and found the aunt gloomy and hopeless. She seldom left the house except to attend Sunday church services. He asked to tour the house. It was dark and grimy with little sign of activity. He noticed the woman grew African violets, a lone sign of vitality. But how could he help her? Erickson told the woman that her nephew was worried about her depressed condition. 
Erickson told her he did not think that was the problem. Rather, it was her failure to be a good Christian. She was resentful and asked how he could even say such a thing. She was an avid churchgoer. He replied, here she was with all this time on her hands, a wonderful way of plants, and it was all going to waste. He made the following suggestion. She should bring home the church bulletin each Sunday and then visit each person in the congregation when there was a special event, such as a birth, a marriage, or a death. She should bring with her on these visits a gift of an African violet plant that she had grown. Some years later, Erickson received from the nephew a Milwaukee newspaper containing an article with the following headline, African Violet Queen Dies, Mourned by Thousands. She learned inadvertently, but maybe intentionally, she learned the life of hospitality, generous hospitality in the one way she could, and she touched thousands. That is the simplicity of generous hospitality. And so friends, I wanna say hospitality, the hospitality of God is simple, it's generous, and it touches the lives where we make the room to care. And so let mutual love continue and do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. We are no longer strangers when we share in God's generous hospitality, making room for the other to care for them. This is the beauty and simplicity of generous hospitality as given to us as a gift from God. Let's pray. We do thank you, our dear, hospitable and loving and gracious God. Dear Abba, you who hospitably sent to the world, the world you made, your son, that we might return and be at one with you again. That your very act of the cross was removing all that gets in the way, that your hospitality of offering us to share in your resurrection life, to share in the life that you have for us would be brought to fulfillment. And Jesus, that you are hospitality incarnate. You step into our space as host, but you invite us to share the very space you create as the people of God, the body of Christ, your body, hospitably fed and nourished to feed one another. And Holy Spirit, give us your fruit and your gifts, all things that are not about perfection of ourself. They are merely the transformation of our being so that we act with your hospitality, with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and all those ways that are the outworking of hospitality and how we treat others in caring for them. And so this day, we come to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, triune God, lover of our souls, and ask that you would awaken us anew to live not just for this moment, but every day, aware of your hospitality, our living within it, and our extending it to a world that desperately needs the love that only you can provide. And we do pray these things in your name, 
you who is Father, Son, 